Amen. Everybody encouraged to be at church this morning? It's good to seek the Lord. Um, I th- here we go again. I think the Lord's given me something to preach this morning, so my dad's making me do it. He's going to carry on his sermon next week. So get out your Bibles, and we're about to see what happens here. Uh, yeah, perfect. Open up your Bibles to John 15. It goes with the series. Oh, yeah, the kids can leave. Sorry, kids. Uh, we love y'all, and you're so cute. Can I have your notes, Dad? <laughs> the intro. Okay, John 15. We did this a couple weeks ago, and you know, in the spirit of burn the oars, we're going to try it. And so if this is terrible, then come back next week, and he's going to preach a great sermon. So that'll be awesome. Um, Okay, John 15, we'll get there in just a second. I'm going to read his introduction to the series because it works with the series, I think. So it's Advent. Who loves Christmas time? Where are all the elves in in the church? There's more of you than that. Okay, yeah, you've got an elfish hat on. That looks amazing. So where are like the Christmas elves? Seriously, you're like, I love Christmas. Everything about Christmas makes me happy. I love that. Awesome. I thought there was way more of you than that, but uh, shout out to Emily Langebartles for making sure every light in, that you've seen this morning, she's the staff elf, yeah. <laughs> and we're thankful for that. Uh, I'm not like a huge Christmas season person, which seems to offend a lot of people when I say that. I've, I've deeply offended Ben Frazee several times in the last few days. He keeps asking me about Christmas movies. Have you seen this one? I'm like, I don't think so. I don't know. Have your kids seen it? I was like, I don't think so. And this morning he goes, you have no Christmas life. (laughs) So I am a total dud when it comes to Christmas. But I'm excited that we're starting, uh, that we have Advent. This is a rhythm in the kind of the historical church calendar to anticipate and remember the coming of Jesus. As we say around here all the time, Jesus is the target audience, and it's good to remember that Jesus is the target audience of Christmas. And we all said amen. 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 We, we need that reminder, just like we need the reminder every week when we come to church, why we take communion. is like, oh yeah, I'm here for Jesus first. I'm not here for me first. I'm not even here for other people first. I'm first here for Jesus. Same is true for Christmas. Christmas happens first for Jesus. And it's because it's about Jesus that we get to celebrate ourselves that God came for us. It's because that it, this season is for Jesus that we get to celebrate and give to other people because God gave himself for us. It's amazing how when you keep Jesus central, when you keep Jesus first, everything else kind of Fits into place, doesn't it? I'm going to start reading this introduction. I think it's going to go great, but I haven't read it yet. So here we go. But I, because I, so usually what happens is in December, I don't preach in December other than Christmas Eve because I take the month to pray into the next year and we do a lot of stuff looking to next year as a staff and everything. So I told my dad, I was like, do you want to be in charge of all things Advent series? So we've hardly talked about it, but he told me his idea. And so I'm assuming your main idea is in the introduction, which is why I think this is going to work out okay. So we're doing a three-week Advent series. And I found out this actually, I found out this last week that Advent is officially four weeks long, not just in December. So 
My bad. Next year, we're going to nail Advent. <laughs> so it, it originates from the Latin word. Look at you, starting Latin right off the bat. Latin word, which simply means coming or arrival. It's a season of anticipation. So for the Christian, Advent is the celebration of the coming or the arrival of Jesus, right? Everybody knows his real birthday was December 25th. And that's why we do this. It's not just a warm and fuzzy celebration of a baby in the manger story. When Christians celebrate Advent, it is the acknowledgement, the celebration, and the poignant pause to acknowledge and honor one of the most critical claims in all of history. The claim that God comes. He's not just alive. He's not just real. God comes. There are arguably three such critical claims in Christianity. Now he's, you're, getting into me, you're getting me into argument territory. I'm no, no. <laughs> just kidding. The first is when God established he was unique in essence and reality. When he made it clear that he could not be explained or understood based on any known comparison. And God made, this, God made the simple. Ooh. This is where you, you would be better at this. The point is God says, I am. It's a unique claim in God. He is. He is all things. He is being itself. He isn't just a being. He himself is all being. The second is the Advent claim that deity became flesh and dwells among his people. If you're serving in A-Kids, that's what they're spending all this month on. So when you pick up your kids today, say, hey, what's the main point of your A-Kids lesson? What they're learning this month is God is present and always with his people. And that's what we celebrate in Advent. The third is made in the Lenten celebration of Easter after the clash of darkness and light on the cross. So God is, God comes, and God rose. Praise the Lord. So when we celebrate Advent, we're celebrating a foundational part of our faith. We celebrate Advent as a season, but it is also the light and the life that we are celebrating of all things in the Advent series. As a follower of Jesus, we get to celebrate that life is life comes and life is in us. He came, he comes, and he is coming again. Such a beautiful part of Advent is looking back and celebrating the fact that God is and God came, but we also get to look forward and we remember that he is coming again. Over the next three weeks, including this morning, we're going to look at many aspects of Advent and what they mean to us as followers of Jesus. And we're going to look at this through, through testimony. Through, through different testimonies. So what I mean by that is we're going to be looking at three main uh, friends of Jesus. And what is it that they testified about Jesus? Who was he? When he came, who was he? What, why does it matter for me that he came? Okay, great, a baby came, God came, but then so what? What does it mean? Who was he? Who was this God? Who was this God who is the God who is? Who was this God who is the God who came? And who, who was this baby who is the God who is to come? So that leads us to John 15. Thank you. Well written, Dad. Amazing. Setting me up for a win here. So John 15, we're reading a writing from one of Jesus' disciples, John. And the book of John is one of the four Gospels, one of the four accounts of Jesus' life. And it's not one of the synoptic Gospels. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you kind of read them, and there's, there's lots of cross-referencing between those because they tell a lot of similar stories and things like that. Um, and 
John doesn't contradict anything, but there's a very different style to the book of John um, than, than, the other, than the other gospels. And there's actually like about half of the book is, is basically from the Last Supper through the resurrection. So that's interesting. So if you follow the timeline in John, just, just looking at the chapters, as you're following the story that John is telling, is John 13, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. He says, one of you will betray me. He gives the, the commandment to, to love each other. And he foretells Peter's denial. He's, he's talking still about how he's going to be crucified. And Peter's like, no, there's no way. I'll never desert you. And Jesus is like, actually, you are going to. You are going to desert me. Before the rooster crows, you have denied me three times. John 14, we get John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We're familiar with that verse. John 14, he talks, uh, Jesus talks about the promise of the Holy Spirit and says, uh, if you love me, John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. That's just so encouraging. John 18, or 14, 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Okay, so how does that work? The God who has come is about to leave, and he's saying, I will come to you. But not me, the Holy Spirit, who I am one with in the Father. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. We celebrate the life of God this morning. And I love this. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keep them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Jesus is revealing uh, to us in the book of John. He, he is the God who reveals himself. He, he, he is holy, so he is unknowable because he is so, he is not like us. He's not a better version of us. He's not, um, we, we cannot comprehend him just by the very nature of who he is, but he shows himself. The only way we could actually possibly know God would be for God to make it possible for us to know him. We don't have the ability in ourselves. We don't have the mind for it. We don't have the heart for it. We don't have the soul for it. We don't have the strength for it. And yet that God says, love me. Love me with all your heart. Love me with all your soul. Love me with all your mind. Love me with all your strength. But we cannot do that except the fact that he came. And he said, here I am. Let me, let me show myself to you. Let me do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Let, let me take on your flesh for your sake. Let me, let me become one of you and still fully be the God that I am. Let me show you. Jesus says, I, I want to come here to show you not just myself, but to show you the Father. But he shows us the Father by the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit testifies to Jesus, who, who is the exact image of the Father, who sends the Son, who sends the Holy Spirit, who celebrates the Son, 
who reveals the Father. Just beautiful who he is. And so, so he, here John telling you who this God is that came. He is, he's unknowable, but that he made himself known. He is three in one, which we cannot possibly understand. We, we live in a mathematical existence, right? We are, we are bound by these things. You cannot be three and one at the same time, except that God is. And we cannot understand that except by the fact that it makes perfect sense. He is amazing. And I love that in verse 26 of 14, I know we said 15, but so far we're just in chapter 14. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, the helper. I need help. I need help. I need, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Who's the Trinity? That's the Trinity right there. The Holy Spirit who the Father sends in my name. The Holy Spirit who the Father sends in Jesus' name. Like, God revealing himself. Amen. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced. So we just read that a few seconds ago. I'm going away and I will come to you. And we all got confused. And he's like, but if you loved me, you'd rejoice. He's like, oh, okay. Sorry, I don't know. It's <laughs> just confused. Because I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. So Galatians 1, it, Paul is introducing himself and he says, I'm an apostle, not, not by man, not through man, but through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, who God the Father raised from the dead according to his will. He says, grace and peace to you through God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself to deliver us gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of God the Father. The, Jesus coming and living your life that you couldn't, living the life we can't live and dying the death that we owed and rising from the dead, it was the will of God. But not just so that he would deliver us from our sins. Him delivering us from our sins is a byproduct of him doing that for the sake of showing us that he loves the Father. He, he says, I, what does he say? I, I'm giving myself up, right? I will no longer talk with you much for the rule of this world is coming. It's like, what is he talking about? He's about to get arrested. He's about to be crucified. He's about to surrender himself. He says, There's, they have no claim on me. They're not arresting me because they're more powerful than me. They're arresting me because I'm letting them. They're arresting me because I'm letting them do it. They're going to kill me because I'm going to let them do it. It's not because I'm weak. It's not because the devil's stronger than me. I'm not losing this battle. This is all part of the plan. You know? Okay, so 
The ruler of the world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do what the Father has commanded me. Even when it costs me everything, I do what the Father has commanded me. And he has commanded me to come here and give myself for your sins, to deliver you from this present age, because that's what his will is. That's what his will is. His will is that. And, and so, so that the world may know that I love the Father. I love you so that the world would know that I love the Father. It's just amazing. Like, it's all about you, but it's all about God. <laughs> he, he loves you because he loves himself, which is why you can always trust the love of God. Because he cannot be unfaithful to himself. And he has covenanted himself in love by his own blood to you. He, he's faithful because of him. Praise the Lord. So this Christmas, as you're living your life and what you're remembering, okay, there's all these beautiful things. I need to remember Jesus. I don't just remember that Jesus loves me. It's like, but yes, just remember that he loves you so much that, that he would actually give himself but it was even for himself because he rescued you for himself. Yeah. And no matter where you've come from, no matter where you've gone, no matter what roads you've gone down past, no matter how many times you've turned away, if you will just <clears throat> repent, he's saying, come home to me. Not by your blood, not by your efforts, but by my grace, by my blood, by my coming to you, you come home to me. And so John 15, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. In Advent and Christmas time, there's so much talk of joy. And Jesus, God himself, being himself, speaks to joy. And he says, I'm, I'm doing all of this. I'm inviting you into myself. I have come to you that you might come to me so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your presence here this morning. We thank you for your word. Thank you for these few moments together. We thank you for this season of remembrance, remembering that you have come, 
Thank you that you have called us near to yourself. And I'm asking Holy Spirit just in these few minutes together that um, honestly, even if I wasn't supposed to get up here and do this today, that you'd use it anyways. And you'd do your will in us, that your kingdom would come in us, even in my weakness or whatever this morning. But we love you and we trust you. And we're leaning on your power, Holy Spirit. And we're, I'm, I'm asking, God, that you do something in us this morning. Um, just that matters and is alive and changes us. We don't want like a good experience at church and walk out. We want to be changed by a revelation of who you are. So you, Jesus, you came to reveal yourself to us. And you promised us the Holy Spirit to help us see the Father in you. So we're standing on that promise right now. And we're asking, you said ask in your name and you'll do it for us. So I'm asking Jesus that you would baptize us and fill us right now in the Holy Spirit. That we would remember you, we would see you and know the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So, hold on. So what's the journey here in these 11 verses of becoming filled with the joy of Jesus? That's, that's what I feel like is on my heart this morning as we just walk through these verses in just a couple of minutes. That's the question. I want you to write that down in your notes so that even if I ramble, you can at least ask yourself that question later and go through John 15 with the Holy Spirit yourself, and he'll teach you. Say the question again. Yep. What is the journey of being filled with the joy of Jesus? What journey does, does, he, does Jesus take us on in these 11 verses? That, that, leaves, that leads us to being filled with his joy. What, what, what's going on here? What should I expect? How does it happen? What does this look like? Because it's Christmas time, and so we should be joyful, right? Joy to the world. You're going to see joy on signs all over the place. What's that mean? I should be happy and have Christmas spirit? What about those of us who have no Christmas life? Do I have no hope of joy this Christmas season? Because I haven't seen Home Alone. Ben Frazee. That is his contention with me. You cannot be happy this season until you've watched what I forget what the other ones were, he said. But I was like one for nine on the Christmas movies that he suggested. Anyways, okay. Okay, so here. Uh, so all of that, Jesus comes. Amen? Advent. Jesus came. Come on. Yes. Praise the Lord. This is good news. Jesus comes. He came to do the will of the Father. The will of the Father was to reveal the Father to us because we can't know him in and of ourselves. Right? Okay, so Jesus comes. Praise the Lord. He comes to show us who God is. And so that's what we should expect as we read the word of God, as we read Jesus talking. It's not that he doesn't... Start off by saying he doesn't end us at joy by just saying, like, thumbs up, everybody. Think happy thoughts. 
It's bigger than that. It's more eternal than that. It's more substantial than that because he is I am. So we talked about this in the Psalm 23 message a lot. He is, he is existence in and of himself. Right. So joy isn't something he has. He is it. It, it's, it can only come from him. God's so good. Everything else is just not him. It's just... Thank you, God. Okay, stay focused. Oh, look at that. It starts off. I am. Okay, here we go. 15.1. I am the true vine. Okay, so Jesus says, he starts our journey by telling us about him. I am the vine. He's given us an image. This reminds us of our psalm series a little bit. We've got some imagery going on here. We've got some metaphor. Okay, I am the vine. I am the true vine. That's what I was just rambling about. He's the true vine. Okay, so there's false vines, and there's a true, there's a true vine. So forget everything you know about John 15, and let's go on a journey together with Jesus. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm just forgetting all of it, and we're going to go down this road. Does that sound good? I am. So Jesus, see him, see him talking to you. Hear him talking to you. I am the true vine. Okay, so let's think. There's a true vine. There must be false vines. Okay. And my father is the vine dresser, okay? So there's a gardener now and a, and a true vine. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by, its, by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Oh, okay. Now I'm in the story. <laughs> there was a lot of talk of branches. He ties, the, he ties up the knot at the end there. Hey, you're the branch. Got it. Okay, so we've got vine gardener the vine has all these branches some of them bear fruit and the vine dresser cuts them off and discards them some of the branches are bearing fruit and the vine dresser prunes those so that they bear more fruit so we got through two verses there and then jesus throws in already you are clean because of the word that i have spoken to you so we get an encouragement right here. You're one of the good branches. Okay. All right. Don't freak out. If you're in me, my, because of my word, because you have heard my word and responded in faith, that's what happens when you hear the word of God. It produces faith in you, right? And, and how are we saved? By faith. We're not saved by our fruit. Come on. We're saved by faith. So he says, you're clean. You're, you're one of the good branches. But I'm going to keep telling you more. But just, it's okay. I know you people. You immediately start thinking like, oh, shoot, I'm the bad branch and I'm going to burn. He's like, hey, you're clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Okay, so you're on the vine. That's good. Now, abide in me. Abide in me and I in you. Okay, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me. I am the vine. 
You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. What can you do apart from Jesus? Okay, my challenge to you this Christmas season is the challenge to me. Believe that. Believe that. Buy it. Just give yourself to that, even if you don't totally believe it. Go all in on that one. That's what I'm trying to do. Let's go on that journey for the rest of our lives until we get to heaven. Okay, I can do nothing. I can do nothing. Okay, uh, I know where we're going. I don't know how to get there. All right. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. Okay. So you can do nothing. It's not like optional. He's like, that's how it is. I'm just telling you this is how it is so you can believe it or not. Even if you don't believe me, it's still how it is. So anyone doesn't abide in me, so you cannot believe this, but you're going to get thrown away and wither because you can't do anything without me. It just, it is what it is. If anyone does not abide in me, uh, he is thrown away like, uh, like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Okay, why is Jesus being so mean here? <laughs> He's not being mean. He's actually being outrageously kind. He's not... He's not establishing this reality right now as a weight against you. He is in his grace making crystal clear how things really are. Good to know. If I can do nothing apart from Jesus, and if I do try to do something apart from Jesus, and that leads me to being withered and thrown away into the fire, I'd like to know that ahead of time. Thank you, Jesus. Do you see it? He's saying, hey, guys, I'm not saying I want you to do that. I'm saying I don't want you to do that. Okay. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So Jesus is not after making it as hard as possible to bear fruit so therefore he can cut off as many dead branches as possible and make the biggest fire possible because that's God's heart and that's how he works. And he's sticking it to us right here. No, 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 no. It's the opposite. He's saying, no, this is how it is. If you don't abide, this is how it goes, but you can abide. You can. And when you do, you bear fruit. And that glorifies my father when you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Okay, so as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. That's what just happened. He's saying, I just loved you like the Father loves me by telling you these things. I was exposing the love of God. I'm showing you the love of God by making this so crystal clear to you. So abide in my love. Now that we're so clear, this is bad, this is good, let's do the good. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So I know, I get it, it's hard, but guess what? I came. I came and I told you exactly how it was, and I actually did it to show you how it's done. And then now I'm going to send the helper to give you the power to actually do it. 
So I didn't, so Jesus does not, does not come in here and say, okay, I'm the vine. Father's the vine dresser. You're the branches. Only good branches bear fruit. All the bad branches get cut off and they get thrown into the fire. So good luck. What do we celebrate in Advent? We celebrate that God came and he exposes actual reality to us. He steps into our reality and he says, you can abide. You can bear fruit and bring glory to God the Father. Yes. You can do it, and you can, but you, can, you have to do it in me. You can only do it in me. Yeah. And so, so I came, and here I am. But I'm about to leave, but that's actually better for you because now I am going to abide in you. You're not just going to abide in me. And then you're going to bear much fruit to the glory of the Father. Just abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be full. Okay, so what's the point here? You guys have a song, right? We get to worship at the end? That's planned. Okay, come on up, because I'm going to end, for real. Okay, so focus here. What's the journey? What's the journey Jesus just took us on? Okay? Uh, what direction are things flowing in this journey? That's what I want to ask you. Where do, what direction does the fruit flow from? What direction does the joy flow from? Our temptation is to look at John 15 and say, okay, my takeaway is bear fruit. Right? Right? Anybody, does anybody want to bear fruit after reading John 15? It's not a trick question. You don't get kicked out if you agree with me. You guys are like, uh, I feel like you're going to be mad at me if I say yes. No. Okay, so it's like, yeah, bear fruit. Okay. So everybody knows that branches bear fruit by trying really hard, right? Don't they? Don't they? They sit there, and, and you can hear them. You can hear the trees. They're like, like, that's how trees do it, so that's how we do it. Because that's what it says, isn't it? Isn't it? Jesus says, I'm a branch, and I need to bear good fruit. And since branches try really hard to bear good fruit, I'm going to try really hard to bear good fruit. Because praise God, Jesus came, so he told me, don't get burned in the fire. Bear good fruit. So I'm going to bear real good fruit over here, and then hopefully at the end I have a good basket of fruit to bring to Jesus. And he's like, yeah, that bag of fruit maybe outweighs the bad fruit but maybe you get cut off I don't know and between here and there we're just guessing and so we, we, we go hard we're the, we're, the, we're the hardest working branches because the way we read it is that the joy flows uh, like from the fruit down to the roots but Jesus is like no Advent no no no, that's wrong direction. Flip around here. He didn't say, I came so that you could fill me with my joy or you could fill me with your joy so that I'll give you a dose of mine. It doesn't, <laughs> Advent is the celebration that our life does not flow from our works up to God. And we're somewhere in the middle trying real hard to bridge the gap between what God wants done on the earth and all he commanded us to do and God being satisfied with our life. 
Jesus celebrates, Jesus coming, reveals to us that he's, he's the vine and we're the branches. And the way that fruit comes through the branches is just by the branch being connected to the vine. The fruit comes from the vine. The, the life comes from the vine. Bill Fridgey, where are you at? What comes from the vine? Sap. Who's had lunch with Bill Fridgey and Fridgey? He's talking about sap. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So why, what, 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 is, what do we find here in John, this Advent series? When we see the, all the signs of joy, when we see all of it, be reminded this season, joy is not found in Christmas cheer. Joy is not found in you living a thumbs-up worthy life before God. Joy is something that can only exist in God. It can only come from God, and it does. And it comes. And Jesus says, I don't want you to go get filled with the joy that the world can give you, that your schedule can give you, that your presence can give you, that your efforts can give you. Jesus didn't come to give us joy. He came to give us his joy. So what do I want you to remember this Christmas season? I want you to remember what Jesus says he wants you to remember. These things I have spoken to you. This sermon I've given to you this morning, this words we've read from John 15 this morning, these things Jesus has spoken to you that his joy may be in you and that your joy would be full. Not because you worked hard and you earned it, but because you connected to the vine. Our efforts are not meant to be spent in bearing fruit. Our efforts are meant to be spent staying connected to the vine. Turn around this Christmas. Turn around. When you're working hard, running around, that's all what it sounds like when branches try to squeeze out fruit. Turn around. Don't don't run to the outer world. Run to the secret place. Run to the abiding place of Jesus in your heart. Run to stay connected to the vine. Work to be still in the presence of God. Let him fill you with his joy. Stop looking for it. Stop trying to build it and create it. Let him fill you with his joy because it's only them that you will be full. Can we celebrate this morning that Jesus came that we might be full. Feels good to start off Christmas season full, doesn't it? Let's stand. Our prayer team is going to come up. I'm going to pray really fast. And if you need prayer for anything in your life, if you need to respond to any of this, if you just need strength or whatever it is, you're at church, don't leave without getting prayed for. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your glorious word this morning. And we thank you that you have come and shared these things with us, that your joy might be in us, that our joy might be full. So would you come now and send us out filled with you in Jesus' name. Let's all turn our attention towards him as we finish up this morning.